Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. The most famous verse in the Bible, we were in Perth on Friday night and saw someone had this um, reference as their, as their number plate. I'm like, come on, go them. It was, their number plate was John 3v16. I'm like, come on, personalised plates. Uh, anyway, so uh, but the most famous verse, which you, you know, maybe know, uh, for God so loved the world that he, what, that he gave. So generosity and giving is at the heart of who, of who God is. And uh, our journey is always to see more of the nature of God, who He is, dwell in us. And so if the movement of our life is to become more like Jesus, then that must mean that the movement of our life has to be to become more generous. Now that that may look different in different seasons of our life, but in reality the heartbeat of who we are, of who we're becoming on the inside is that we're more open, that we're more generous, we're looking to the needs of others uh, more so than our own. And so that's the first reason we look at this uh, topic every year. Our second is this, is, uh, is, is very practical really. Um, but important. It's because around this time we share vision and plans that we have for the 12 months ahead. And these are in terms of projects um, that we believe that God has called us to as a church, projects that expand the vision, that propel us into the future that God has for us. And um, I spent some uh, time last week um, outlining uh, what these are, we also emailed out all the information uh, on Thursday. Like Rach said, if you didn't get that, uh, please fill in a red card with your updated, you know, non-cringy um, uh, high school email address, and that would be uh, that would that would be amazing. Um, uh, there's also some uh, literature, like information that you can find uh, out in the um, in the foyer there. That was probably, calling it literature, it's probably not that well written. So anyway, but there's information out there on the page that you can, you can check out. But uh, the quick wrap-up is this, is through last year's legacy giving, we were able to complete the following. So we uh, expanded this auditorium. So um, all this side, you'd be sitting either in the middle of the wall or in the parents' room or in the office. Uh, but now you're not, which is exciting. Uh, we also gave funds to a new church plant, um, part of our denomination called Crossroads Church, which was planted in Victoria Park last year, which is exciting. We launched Elevation Church Pantry, which is our, our food support our ministry. We had new resources for youth, uh, including a basketball ring, which is like the best basketball ring you can buy. So, you know, not, you know, El Dojo version that breaks after two weeks. So we're able to do that. Uh, New resources and updated kids' rooms, a new furniture stage resources. And we also supported uh, flood victims in the Tweed Valley. And so the total that was given into Legacy was $75,690, which is amazing. So I think we can all give ourselves a clap and thank God for His goodness through that. So that's on top of our usual operations that, that runs everything. And then left from that, I think it's on the screen behind me now, is uh, about $8,500 in our general legacy, which will, um, partnered with a community grant, will help to uh, create our outdoor uh, playground that we're currently in the process of working through the planning stage of that. And then there's also uh, $16,788 to the dollar in the tax-deductible legacy account. That just means that giving that's given tax-deductible 
uh, that has tax deductibility around it, has some um, uh, criteria about what it can be, what it can be used for. Um, but like I said, we want to thank you for your partnership together as a church. It's amazing what can be achieved when we all play a part to see the vision come to pass. And so we also obviously want to honour God and give Him all the glory. The Bible says that it's He who gives us the power to get wealth. It's He who changes our hearts. Have you ever noticed that you never have to teach a young child to like want theirs? You know, like mine, like mine, like give me. It's just like inbuilt in us. There's something, there's something about us. We, we, we come out like that. But as we become more and more like Christ, we drop that to take up His nature and who He is in our lives. And so uh, we believe that there's a new journey of influence for us as a church over the next 12 months. That's our, that's our word for the year. And so uh, just briefly, our plans for this year's legacy, the next, I say this year's, but it's 2022, 2023, because it runs from June. So they're all about bringing influence into the city of Mandra and beyond. We've got an opportunity right at this time, we believe, to see God do something powerful in and through our church, in uh, our church and through our city and beyond as well. And so our goals for Legacy over the next 12 months, our, our goal is to raise $71,000 in Legacy. And from that, we're going to um, do a community quick fit, which is partnering with a community organisation that are already doing amazing things in our city. But we want to go and support them. We want to go and do to, uh, maybe on their facilities, what we've been able to do here a number of times, which is work together as a team, which is, um, you know, achieve so much in a short amount of time. And we want people to go, oh, wow, thank you so much. That's amazing. You know, people haven't supported us like this, but we support people because of the love of Christ in us. And it brings hope to those that access those services. It also brings hope to those that deliver those services because who knows that if you're in that community space, you need some motivation, you need some hope, you need someone to come alongside you and say, you know what, we've got your back, we believe in what you're doing and you're making a big difference. So we'll be doing, we're doing that. Also some production upgrades here in the auditorium to continue to create that environment that inspires us to connect with God in our services. Elevation Kids, we want to see that seed of the gospel that gets planted in their lives. We want to resource that. We want to update our uh, check-in system to accommodate for the growth that we've seen and to get ready for the growth that we believe that's coming. Uh, Elevation Youth, uh, we're going to be launching a youth camp in January 2023. And so we want to so funds into that to see young people connected with God, connected with each other. Uh, and staff development, we have an amazing team. The majority are a volunteer, and so we want to invest into them so that they grow in their capacity, grow in their connectedness across elevation, and see them become all that God's called them to be, which then uh, spills over and, and, and drips down into our teams to, to make a huge difference. So um, at the end of the service, I'll let you know how you can be involved Involved, but I want to remind you that our key statement for us as a church uh, in this series is simply this, is that legacy is less about what we leave for people and more about what we leave in people. We, we 
often think of legacy as maybe a financial legacy that's left after someone passes. And that, that's important, but there's something powerful about leaving something different, uh, not just for people, but in people. And so last week I spoke about a guy named Abraham and the legacy that he left uh, in his son Isaac by demonstrating his trust in God, and so we're going to look at Abraham again this morning, uh, but this time we're going to we're, we're going to um, go back a little bit in time, uh, back before Isaac was born, and the scriptures that we're about to read. Um, in a Abraham, his name is Abram, and so there's a few times in the Bible where um, something significant happens in someone's life. And, uh, and God decides, hey, some, there's been such a change that you need to change your name. Has anyone ever thought of changing their name before? No, yes, some, um, yep, some, um, my daughter, great, okay, awesome. Um, <laughs> fantastic, yep, we love you too. Um, but, but, but God does this transformation in, um, in Abram's life, and then he becomes Abraham, but... We're going to read before, before that happened. And so this guy Abram first turns up in uh, Genesis eleven twenty seven, and he's listed as the son of Terah. Um, he's married to Sarah, or then Sarai, but we'll just call her Sarah just so we don't confuse everything. Um, and then in verse 30, it says that, um, that she was unable to become pregnant and has no children. And so an important thing to note here, and we're, we're about to read Scripture in a second, is that, so Terah, so who is Abraham's father, he had another son whose name was Haran, but this son died while Terah was still, was still living. Okay, so that's sort of a little bit where we're at. So let's read from Genesis chapter 11, verses 31 and 32. It says this, One day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son um, Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived 205 years and died while still in Haran. Now we read that and think, Okay, sure, sounds pretty standard, but there's, there's a couple of small details I'd just like to, to point out as we're, as we're reading this scripture. It says that Terah was headed for this land of Canaan, but he stopped and settled somewhere else. The place that he settled is called Haran, which is actually the same name as the son that he lost. And this is then where Terah finishes the rest of his life. Now, throughout the Bible, we talked a little bit about this uh, last week, but Abraham is known as the father of faith. Obviously, Abraham had a father. We just read about him. His name is Terah, but it's Abraham who's spoken about as, as being this, um, this giant of the faith, of, of being this, this man that believed God, that trusted God, and then through him, God moved. You see, Abraham left a legacy in his son Isaac, like we discussed last week, and from there, the Jewish people, and now us today, as people that are grafted in through faith, as the people of God. But notice the Bible says it all starts with Abraham. It doesn't start with Terah. 
Now, you, you, if you, I don't know if your brain works like mine, hopefully not. But anyway, if it, if it works like mine, you might think, well, why, why, why is this? What's, what's going on here? So we're going to flick over to the next chapter. We just read the end of chapter 11. Here's the start of um, chapter 12 of Genesis. The Lord um, had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So, so God tells Abram, Abraham, um, he tells him to go to a land that I will show you. Can, can you guess maybe what that land is going to be? It, it was the land of Canaan. It was, the, it was the place where his father Terah was headed, but stopped and settled in Haran. You see, this, this Bible verse here, this, this portion of Scripture, uh, this is deeper than just, you know, information about how uh, ancient people got where, you know, where they were going. This is more just, you know, more than just Ancestry.com information or doing the family tree or, or, or anything like that. There's a picture here that God wants to reveal to us. You see, Terah was planning on heading to a place that God would later reveal as the promised land. But for some reason, he stops and he settles short of God's promise. We don't, know, we don't know why. The Bible doesn't explain. But maybe there's a hint in that he settles in a place that shares the same name as the son he lost. Maybe it's grief. Maybe it's wanting to relive a past that's, that's gone. We, we, we don't know. But Abram, the one who leaves a legacy in Isaac and therefore in us, by contrast, he hears God's call at the start of chapter 12, to leave behind what he knows, leave behind what is safe, and to follow God to a land, what did God say to him? That I will show you. And that's exactly what Abram does. And that's the start of him leaving a legacy in people for generations to come. You see, remember, we have a, we have a legacy through Abraham because we believe by faith in God, not because we're, you know, driving a car with money that he left of thousands and thousands of years ago. No, we have a legacy because of Abraham because he left something in people, in his son Isaac, who left it in, uh, you know, and it went down through generations and generations. And so, so today as we, as we come around and, and talk about this topic again, if we're going to be a people, no matter our age, no matter our stage of life, that leave a legacy in others, then I believe there's a couple of simple steps for us that we can draw out of, um, of this scripture. And so they're, ve they're very simple. So, so we're going to start. Number one is this. Simply this is leave. Leave. Go on. No, I'm joking. Go on. See ya. Leave. Go. No, no, not that. Let me explain. Give me, give me, give me 30 seconds first before you walk out. But when God spoke to Abram, Abram left, the Bible says, his native lands he left some of his relatives. There was a letting go. It's the same word that thousands of years later, Jesus says to a guy called Peter, who becomes one of his disciples, he said, would you leave your nets and come and follow me? Pastor and author Owen McManus says this, to follow Jesus is to enter the unknown, 
relinquish security and to exchange certainty for confidence in Him. There is something about following Jesus that requires us to leave some, leave some things behind. You know, to live a life each and every day that leaves a legacy, whether that's a legacy in your work colleagues, a legacy in your, um, you know, the students that you do high school with, uh, in your children, in your friendship group, or in the wider community, to, to leave a legacy in people, God will call you to leave some of our native lands. Now, does that mean we should all be missionaries and move overseas? Most of us not. Some of us maybe. I don't know what the call of God is specifically on your life, but I I do know in general, there is a call from God for all our lives to leave something, to leave something. There's some things that we need to leave behind to follow God's call. For us, maybe you're here, maybe some of those things is to leave behind the opinion of others. Maybe you're a teenager here full of worry about what friends at school or around the place would think if they knew what you really believed about God. And so that keeps you trapped, unable to pursue all that God has for your life, God's, God's, calling to, God's calling you to leave that behind. That, that was my life for many years as a, as a teenager until I discovered Christ for myself, not just because my mum took us to church. When I was at a youth camp, hint, youth camps are great, uh, when, I, when I was about 16 years old, there, there, there was a call to leave behind the opinion of others and to encounter God for myself. Maybe there's some things in your family of origin that need to be left behind. Maybe, maybe a cycle of bitterness, a cycle of holding grudges, uh, a cycle of stinginess, exercising control over loved ones. Maybe, a, maybe a, uh, a cycle of, you know, you must be religious, you must be good enough and, and, and do enough for God to be, to be worthy of Him, that, that, that type of mindset. You know, we all have things in our, in our family's past that God is calling us out of and I know our kids will have things in our family that God will call them out of because no one, no one is perfect. That's just the reality. But God is calling us to leave some things of the past behind. Maybe for you, there's a fear in your life of, of not having enough. And every time you hear something in church about giving, you think, I'd love to do that, but what if this happens? And what if that happens? And they're talking about interest rates just went up and all this, all this stuff is going on. I don't know how I would provide and all that, all, all that sort of thing. You know, what, 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 what if? But maybe there's something, maybe there's a fear that God is calling you to leave behind, to take up the call to follow Him. You know, sometimes God calls us to leave things that aren't necessarily... Um, uh, they aren't necessarily negative for us, but they're just not what God has called us to. Uh, for, my, for my own life, I, um, I, I, I had a plan of a uni degree that I was going to do. And then I felt over a period of 12 months, God told me to leave that plan and to follow Him. Now, is that the plan for everyone? No, probably not. But it could be for you. We can make our plans and our dreams and God wants us to do that. But He also wants us to have our life uh, ready for what God has for us and be prepared to put something on the altar, put something on the table and say, okay, that was my plan. But God, you're calling me to leave that because you have something else for me. Never, I can tell you, never in a million years at 18 years of age living in Maitland did I think uh, I would be pastoring a church in Man. I'd never heard of Mandra at that at that that time. I was still one of those East Coast people that called everything in WA Perth. 
Yeah, where, where do you live, Mandra? Oh, Perth. Well, where do you live, Augusta? Oh, Perth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, East Coast people, terrible. But, you, but, but, we do, but God called me to leave something behind because he had something different for my life. Well, it was the you know, degree I wanted to do bad. No, but it just wasn't what God had for me. And so for us to leave a legacy, God wants to speak to us about what we need to leave behind to follow him. This doesn't have an expiry date on it. It doesn't matter our age, no matter our age, no matter our stage of life, there is always a call from God to leave something behind. But notice that the call that God makes to Abraham and I believe to us as well, same to Peter, is not just to leave something. Like he's not just calling us to, you know, let's just leave, let's, you know, drop out and, you know, buy some property near Margaret River and build a bunker and make sure we don't leave a digital footprint and look up conspiracy theories on the dark web all day. No, no, he's not calling us to that, that type of leaving. He, he calls us to leave, but also to follow. So number two is we've got to leave something, but number two is he's called us to follow. Let me read that same scripture again. Uh, Genesis 12, the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and what? And go to the land that I will show you. Go to the land that I will show you. So number one is leave, but number two is we are called to follow. We're called to follow. The call of God to Abraham is to leave, but to follow God, to go to a land that I will show you. Again, like I mentioned, um, Jesus speaking to Peter in the New Testament tells him to leave your nets, what you previously knew, where you put your trust, where you put your hope, and follow me into something new, into something unknown. But like the quote we read from Owen McManus, a confidence in a person, a confidence in Jesus Christ, a confidence that he has a plan and something for our lives. You see, to follow someone is to trust them. It's to understand that there's a path ahead and if I'm following someone, then they know the way. You know, and we don't do this that often because, you know, we all have Google Maps and so we follow the lady, you know, telling us, telling us what to do. But, you know, back in, the, back in the day when you went with someone somewhere with two cars or maybe you still do this and you followed them, you were like, you know, orange light coming up. Oh no, they're ahead of me. You know, bam, please Lord, let there not be a speed camera or a red light camera in this intersection. You're going through why? Because you want to stick close to follow them. You are trusting that they know where they're going. You have absolutely no idea. And so you're sticking close and following after them. That's what God's called us to. He's called us to stick close, to go through red lights really fast. No, no. He's calling us to follow Him, to follow Him. Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9, speaking about God, says this, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. When we follow Him, not only does God know the way, but His ways are higher his, he, his ways are, are, are far more wise than our own. You see, when it comes to following God, do you, do you follow His ways when it comes to your relationships? Can, can I say that His ways are forgiveness? That His ways in our relationships are preferring others? That His ways are being quick to listen and, so, and slow to speak? 
that His ways are choosing our company well because the Bible says that that bad company corrupts good character. When it comes to our relationships, do you follow His ways? What about when it comes to work? Do you follow His ways? His ways are integrity in all that we do, everything above board. His ways are working hard because you understand that I actually don't work for man, but that's not like a rebellious, like, I don't work for you, you're not my boss. But no, no, there's a bigger picture that everything I do is working for the Lord. That, 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 that His ways in our work is being people that strive for peace, with everyone, that we're not quarrelsome or divisive, but, but we're looking to bring peace and to be peacemakers wherever we go into our workplaces. When it comes to our finances, do you follow God's ways? His ways are not spending more than you earn. His ways are calling us to live with simplicity and not needing new shiny things all the time to keep up with the, you know, the Joneses. I'm so glad there's no one with the last name Jones in our church. Anyway, but you know, to keep up with the Joneses and to feel some sort of, you know, internal Eternal void that's that, that's missing through uh, you know through material possessions. You see, his ways are generosity, are giving to others, are giving to the church, his house, investing in the eternal, not temporary things of this world. You see, to impact a legacy of faith, a legacy of trust, a legacy of hope, we need to leave behind some things of the past, and we need to follow the ways of God, and to follow the ways of God. Uh, I want to show you this other scripture in Philippians chapter 3. Um, this is in the New Testament. This is Paul speaking. And it's from verse 12 through to 14. I'll read it for you. Paul says this. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul says that he forgets the past, that's like the call of Abraham, Again, it says that he leaves something, that he forgets the past and looks forward to what lies ahead. That is that he follows, that he follows what Christ has for him. And you know, until, um, honestly, until a couple of weeks ago, um, and I'm always surprised how much the Bible does this to me. Maybe you find it as well. But, but I've always thought of this scripture as, yeah, that's right. I've probably preached this scripture as this, yeah, that's right. We've got to, you know, let go of the past, let go of, you know, where we've messed up, let go of where I've made the wrong decision, where I haven't followed God, you know, where I've failed, where, you know, where other people have failed me. I've got to, I've got to let those things go and focus on what comes forward. And all that is true. All, 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 that's, all that's in the Bible. But specifically here, what Paul is actually talking about is, is pretty simple. And you find it by reading the verses just before it. Can I give you like just a little bit of Bible teaching for 30 seconds? Can I encourage you when we read the Bible, we don't just like cherry pick uh, little verses that, um, that say, you know, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So even though I haven't studied, even though I haven't done anything at school all year, 
I'm going to get a 95 ATAR. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, I can do it. Well, actually, what that verse is talking about is no matter if I have a lot or if I have nothing, I can do all things through Christ. It's not just a faith declaration when you haven't done the work. Anyway, so just teaching the Bible for a second. So back to Philippians 1. Here's, here's the context. Here's the the first few verses before that, which tells us what Paul is leaving behind. He says this, it starts a bit weird, but I'll keep going. Verse 5, he says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Verse 7, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For this sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Some versions will call it dung there, literally, uh, so that I could gain Christ and become one with Him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ for God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. So here specifically, when Paul says, I'm forgetting the past, I'm forgetting what's gone before. He's actually talking about forgetting his own pride. He's actually, he, he's not necessarily talking about, I've had a hard life, people have done tough stuff to me, all those sorts of things. Yes, that's true. We need to forget all that as well because God has something new for us. But here, Paul is saying that I'm forgetting my own pride. I thought I was good enough through religious works. He, he said he was actually faultless according to the law, but he says that I'm going to leave this behind. Forgetting all of that, I press on towards what God has called me to. You see, the leave for some of us is to, is to leave our thinking that says, oh, I'm not that bad. I, I, I'm a pretty good guy. I'm a pretty good person. I, I don't really need to you know, I sort of trust God. You know, I, I turn up on a Sunday and we love that. Trust me, we love that. But, you know, I turn up at church. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty well. I'm all sorted. I've got, I've got everything under control. I, I'm self-reliant. I'm self-sufficient. But Paul says that's the type of stuff. That's the type, type of thinking that I'm leaving behind to follow God. I'm leaving all that behind to follow God. And this morning as we come to a close and Jeremy comes and joins me on the guitar here, uh, uh, I want to encourage you that we leave a legacy in people by understanding that there's some things in our life, no matter our age, that we need to leave behind. We need to leave behind. Some things, maybe it's pride, maybe it's just thinking that we've got it all together, that we know what we're doing, that you know, we're, on the, we're on the right path. Maybe for us there is some things in our family of origin that we just need to leave behind and say, you know what, that, that was it. But you know what, for me in my house or for my life going forward, this is who God is calling me to be. But there's a leave and then there's a follow. And so to enter a new land, it'll require us leaving the old, and taking up the call to follow God. You see, I believe there's a new land of influence for us as a church that God has called us to. And it's going to take all of us leaving some of the old to embrace 
what God has for us. And, and we do this at Legacy Time by seeking God for how we can play a part. And, and our encouragement is simply this, is would you spend some time seeking God? If you call Elevation Church home, would you spend some time seeking God for how you can play a part? In legacy, we have these cards that help us do that. They're probably awkwardly, you're probably awkwardly sitting on one uh, right now, or you can just grab the one next to you, whatever's easier. And so, what we encourage people to do is to take one of these cards home, pray over it, and say, God, okay, how do you want me to be a part of this? We all have different seasons, we all have different capacities when it comes to when it comes to giving. But God, what what are you asking of me? What are you asking of me? And then, God, would you fill me with the courage to step out and say yes to Jesus? And then on the 26th of June, uh, which is whatever it is, a few weeks away, three, four, um, we, we have what's called Legacy Sunday. And that's the time that we encourage people to, to bring these cards back and, you know, we'll create a ministry moment around that. We'll put them uh, in, in, in the red spots. And then we will pray and declare over our church and over our lives, as we sow this seed, we believe it's going to make a massive impact on, on, on people's lives. And you'll see on the, on the form there, you can, uh, you can give a one-off offering above and beyond our regular giving. Or uh, Rach and myself, we normally do a regular commitment uh, each week or each fortnight above and beyond our tithe. But it just helps us with planning to go, you know what? Um, people have said we're believing for this amount to come in. So that means we can do this and we can, we can do that. And this is our plans moving forward. But, but really the, the heart of this is, would you seek God? Would you seek God for what He has for us? And, and can I tell you, probably the greatest thing that will happen on the inside of your life is not necessarily the giving of funds, but is the seeking God, getting close to Him, remember? Like following that car through the, through the city, accelerated down through the, through the amber light. It's, it's to staying close to Him and then having the courage to step out in obedience. Because the Bible says that we don't just want to be hearers of the Word, but we're called to be doers also. And so, I'd love you to do that over these coming weeks. But, but for this morning right here, I'd love to ask you, what, what is something in your life right now that you need to leave?